Let me ask you to open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 7. Numbers chapter 7. The book of Numbers chapter 7. This is arguably the most boring chapter in the Bible. And I I mean that. I mean that. I'm sorry. Um... This chapter repeats itself over and over again, at least in Chronicles, the names change. Here, it's just 12 different times one thing is repeated, and uh, it can get quite slow, but I'd like to focus our attention on one particular aspect of it, and I believe momentarily you'll see what I mean. I'm going to preach to you this morning about the golden spoon the golden spoon it sounds like a Chinese restaurant doesn't it <laughs> the golden spoon before I preach on this this morning I I made the announcement in Bible school this week and I've been hesitant to make it in church there's really never a good time to do it but um, my sermon will in some way kind of go with this announcement many of you know that I've been struggling with my voice and it's been getting worse and worse and um, rapidly rapidly declining Um, I wanted to put off surgery I have no other option I've been to several different specialists and the only conclusion is that surgery is the only thing that can fix this um, outside of God just miraculously touching it so I am scheduled to have surgery this Tuesday morning and I've had several surgeries in my life. I've been under anesthetic before. It's not uh, a completely new thing to me. However, I, I will admit to you, I've, I've never feared any surgery as much as I have this one. And I will be out of the pulpit for some time. After the surgery is done, I will not be allowed to speak or make any noise. I can't cough sneeze I can't hum anything for five days and then after that I have about two weeks of non-stop rehab wherein I will learn how to and, and, and exercise the vocal cords enough so that I can I can speak short sentences and then they say if everything goes well after four or five weeks I might be allowed back into the pulpit and and be able to resume somewhat of a normal schedule. I will obviously have to take my time and come back slowly. Uh, Many of you have already uh, volunteered and have offered to help, and several of the men in the church, you've already been preaching uh, in my place because the pain that I experience after speaking for an hour or two is something that I've never experienced in my life. So it's, it's been a blessing to see so many people step up and help. And I know many of you have been praying. I am begging you, please, please pray. Please, please pray. Um, I, I know, I know that the grace of God is sufficient. Please understand that I know that. But would you also allow me to be very human and say that my heart trembles when I think about somebody taking a knife down my throat to touch my vocal cords. I... This is what God has called me to do. So I have had to surrender and tell the Lord that if this is the last sermon he wants me to preach, then I am am so honored that he has let me do it this long. 
This surgery has a very high success rate. It is by no means a serious surgery, I think, as far as surgeries go. So I don't mean to overplay it. But if, if I can speak your language for a moment, if a rugby player has surgery on his knee, and, and it's, that's a big deal. That could change the course of his career. He may never be the same rugby player again, you understand. He may be able to run, he may be able to, to go up and down the, the field, but he may not be the same. And um, such, is, such is the nature of this as well. So please, if you would, I will greatly appreciate your prayers. Um, next Sunday, I seriously doubt that I will be um, at church, not that I don't want to be. Um, I, I, who knows, maybe I will fit, feel up to it, but I won't be able to say anything. Um, next Sunday, we have men lined up to preach. Please, church, can I call on you to be faithful to be here? Please, please. I know, I know a number of you, I don't even have to ask, but several of you, I... Or let, let, let me not say several, but some of you, I, I don't want you to, to say, well, they, this is my chance to skip out. God has been working in the hearts of some of the men in our church, and, and they are, their, their preaching is, is good. And God can speak through them just as well as me. They, they are vessels just as I am, please. So, so I, I have done my utmost to make sure that the flock gets fed Amen. And I believe you'll be well fed while, while I can't feed you. Now, back to the golden spoon. Numbers chapter 7, verse 1. Let's do a little bit of reading. It came to pass on the day that Moses had fully set up the tabernacle and had anointed it and sanctified it and all the instruments thereof, both the altar and all the vessels thereof, and had anointed them and sanctified them that the princes of Israel heads of the house of their fathers who were the princes of the tribes were over and were over them that were numbered offered so you understand there's 12 tribes in Israel so now there's a prince from each tribe that has come to give a special offering on this special day they've reared up the tabernacle and they want to dedicate it with this special offering verse 3 and they brought their offering before the Lord six covered wagons and 12 oxen, a wagon for two of the princes, and for each one an ox. And they brought them before the tabernacle. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take it of them, that they may be to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. And thou shalt give them unto the Levites, to every man according to his service. So you understand the Levites, that is the equivalent of the modern day minister of the church or preacher in the church. Uh, the leaders in the church. And these princes are bringing an offering to help the ministry. It would be the same thing as any of you bringing a once-off special offering just to help the church in whatever ministries we have. So Moses accepts this massive offering, and it is, wagons full. I mean, this is a big deal. And then verse 10, come down to that, verse 10. And the princes offered for dedicating of the altar in the day that it was anointed, even the princes offered their offering before the altar. So you understand, the first offering was for the tabernacle and the ministry as a whole. Here are some wagons, here are some oxen, this will help. But now they've dedicated the altar, dedicating the altar. This is a very special place where somebody brings an offering and they say, God, 
I want you to see the intentions of my heart. This altar is a very special place. And the princes say, let us do something special just for the altar. We've already done something for the tabernacle. Now this, this what we're about to read, it gets repeated 12 times. One for each prince. And that's why I say it's very boring. People read through this very quickly. Some people just skip it altogether. I don't mean to bore you this morning, but I do want to read it with you. At least just one of the princes. Amen. Because once you've read one, you've read them all. So verse number 11. And the Lord said unto Moses, They shall offer their offering each prince on his day for the dedicating of the altar. And he that offered his offering the first day was Nashan, the son of Aminadab of the tribe of Judah. And his offering was one silver charger. A charger is like a platter, okay, big platter. His offering was one silver charger. The weight thereof was 130 shekels. 130 shekels is about one and a half kgs. Okay, just so that you have an idea in your mind, that's a decent sized platter. And then it says one silver bowl of 70 shekels. That's about 0.8 or 0.8 kgs, 800 grams. So that's a pretty decent sized bowl. One silver bowl of 70 shekels after the shekel of the sanctuary. Both of them were full of fine flour mingled with oil for a meat offering. So it's just a bowl and a platter filled with flour, with, with maize flour. That's it. Verse 14, one spoon of 10 shekels of gold full of incense. There's my golden spoon. It's a rather small spoon considering the size of the other two things. Just one spoon, 10 shekels of gold full of incense. Verse 15, one young bullock. A bullock, um, it, it can refer to a castrated bull or sometimes this is just another way of referring to an ox, but one young bullock one ram, one lamb of the first year for a burnt offering, one kid of the goats for a sin offering, and for a sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs of the first year. This was the offering of Nashan, the son of Amminadab. As I said, this gets repeated 11 more times. And I would like for you to hold your place in number seven because I am going to show you one more verse towards the end of the sermon. But before we continue and talk about that golden spoon, would you bow your, bow your heads with me? And let's have a word of prayer. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And what an honor it is to stand and preach. Oh God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in my sight. Please, God, anoint me. Please fill me with your spirit. Please, God, speak to your people this morning. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me first draw your attention to this passage as a whole. Do you see the size of the offerings? A platter and a bowl filled with flour. Quite a bit of flour. And then these animals. That's quite a few animals. Any of you, and I'm sure all of you, are familiar with... Bryflies. Here he is by a bryflies. Right? This is, and, and that's what it turns into. You slaughter the animals, you put them on the altar, they become bryflies. This is a lot of meat. 
And this is quite a bit of flour. You can do a lot with all of this flour. The bowl, we're talking a bowl about yay big. We're talking a platter this big. That's a lot of flour. All these offerings, can you imagine the smell of the animals as they burn? All of you probably yesterday bride something. <laughs> you know how braifle smells. It offers, when my neighbor brides, I know it. Because the smell lingers and it, it meanders into my house. Even yesterday, I said, honey, I think the house is on fire. She said, nope, the neighbor's brine. <laughs> that, that's how it goes. For all these big offerings, just one little spoon of incense. The last time I read through this chapter, and God knows I've read this chapter many times, very quickly, <laughs> that golden spoon jumped off the page at me. One little spoon of incense. You know, these offerings all have a meaning. The meat offering, the burnt offering, the peace offering, the sin offering. All of those offerings were meant to indicate various things to God. I'm sorry, I'm thankful. Um, thank you for the peace that you've given me. Every offering had a meaning behind it. By the way, every offering also answers to Jesus Christ they are all a picture of Jesus in one way or another. All of them. But you can see there are a lot of different things that somebody could do to get God's attention. Can I liken this to something in the New Testament that we do? You can give of your money. You can come to church. You can visit people that are sick and suffering. You can work hard at your job for the glory of God. You students can study hard and not cheat and have a good testimony amongst your classmates. You can hand out gospel tracts. You can witness to people, your friends and family, and try to get them saved. You can read your Bible on a daily basis. You can disciple people. You can be discipled. You can be involved in the be warmed and filled ministries and help the poor hand out soup, hand out blankets and jackets, clothing. All of these things need to be done, yes? All of these things. And when we think of these things, we might think of them as rather larger things. I mean, the idea of you approaching a total stranger to tell them about the gospel, for some of you, that is massive. For some of you to clear out your closet and take away all those clothes that you won't even miss and give them to someone else, it's a rather big thing. For some of you to sit down for an hour every day and read your Bible, big offering. For some of you to come to church, 9.30, 10.45, six o'clock, midweek, that's a big deal. That's several hours of your week and God knows we're all so busy, you don't have a lot of hours to spare. These are rather big things and all of these things ought to be done. But as Jesus said, these ought to be done and not to leave the other undone. We need all of those big offerings. But don't forget the golden spoon. The golden spoon that is filled with incense. Did you notice that the bowl and the charger were made of silver, but the spoon was made of gold? There's something very special about that spoon. The meat offering, the flour, that's, a, that's how the Bible referred to the flour in those days. That meat offering, that was a very common thing to find. It wasn't difficult to come by ground up corn. 
goats, oxen, sheep, lambs, not that difficult to find. Nothing extremely unique about it. But what that spoon contained was so powerful and so pungent and so unique. There was nothing else like it in Israel. What was in that spoon was enough. That incense was enough to counteract and add aroma to every single offering they were giving. Imagine one spoonful of incense overriding the smell of all those animals' brine. We are talking about some very powerful stuff. You say, Brother Mike, when we talk about incense, what does that stand for in the Bible? I'm going to show you today in a few places. That matter of incense is a perfect picture of prayer. And God said, you could bring the meat, you can bring the flour, you can bring the bryflace, but if you'll bring the golden spoon with one tablespoon of incense, that will complete the offering. Without that, the offering isn't acceptable. It needs to have that final touch of the incense on it. Now let me address something that I think might be going through some of your minds. All these big offerings and one tablespoon of incense. Okay, that means I can do all these other things for God and I only need to pray just a little bit. Be very careful here. Because the time that it takes to fill one spoon with incense, the, prop, the proper kind of incense that can touch each offering. Guys, are, are you with me here? the time that it takes to fill that golden spoon is more than all the other offerings put together. The time, the attention, the care, it is something special. Can I ask you to hold, hold number seven and come to Psalm chapter 141. Psalm chapter 141. Psalm 141 and verse number 2. Psalm 141 and verse 2. David said, let my prayer be set forth before thee as what? Incense. And the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. David said, God, when I pray, let it be a let it be like incense before you. You see, guys, when, whenever we go about our day, and tell me if this doesn't sound familiar, we all have things to do on a daily basis. We've got to go to work. We have to spend time with the family. We have errands to run. We can't get around these things, right? You have exams to write, students, yes? None of you have exams to write? <laughs> It's a miracle. <laughs> we have things to do. Here's what we do. We go about those things and we do those things to the best of our ability and we try to do a good job. 
if you would just add one spoonful of incense, real powerful, pungent incense, you can change those good things into godly things. Instead of them burning on the altar of your personal ambitions, they will burn on God's divine altar as a sacrifice to Him to say, God, my job, my work, my family, every errand I run, I want to do it your way. I want to do it for your glory. I want this to be a pleasant aroma, God, that rises up before you, that gets your attention. David said, God, when I pray, let it be incense. Did you know that incense is of no use at all unless it's burnt? You have to burn incense. Do you realize that when you pray, if you get down and just go through the motions and God, thank you for this and thank you for that and I want this and help me with that, amen, and go about your business. If you don't add any fervency, if there's no urgency, if there's no earnestness, if there's no passion, if there's no genuineness coming from your heart, then that incense, it lays there as a powder, but there's no power. It must be burnt. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much that when you get down to pray, brother, you don't get up the same way. You go down one way and you get up a different person. You go down before God. And listen, it's not, I'm, I'm not one of these preachers to tell you you have to pray 30 minutes a day or an hour a day. I've known people that pray four hours a day. I've known Tanis that pray eight hours a day. I'm not here to put a time limit on you. I'm not after the quantity. I'm talking about the quality. My advice to you is go down on your face and don't get up until God's met with you. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so many times when we pray, we rush into the throne room, we throw our request at God, and we run back out of the throne room, and we didn't find what we came for because we didn't wait. The fervency, the earnestness, the urgency, the word fervent means very hot. The effectual fervent Prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It must be burnt. You must step into that prayer closet and say, God, I'm not leaving until I've met with you. Now, friends, please, would you look up here for a moment and stare me right in the eye? Would you please give me your undivided attention? When's the last time you went into the prayer closet and said, God, I'm not moving until you show up? And then you waited on God. Say, Brother Mike, I'm too busy. I don't have that kind of time. Okay, you can bring the bryflace, you can bring the flower, and you can continue to throw that at the altar. But without the golden spoon of precious, powerful, pungent incense, that offering is not acceptable. It might be good, but it's not godly. Don't forget the golden spoon filled with incense. Can I ask you to continue to hold number seven, but please get Exodus chapter 30.
Exodus chapter 30. At the beginning of this chapter, you read about the altar of incense. Folks, if I can explain to you just for a moment, as you enter into the tabernacle, you have to enter in from the east and go to the west. And as you enter in, the first curtain or veil on the left-hand side is the candlestick. On the right-hand side is the table of showbread. The candlestick is a picture of the Holy Spirit. The showbread is a picture of the Word of God. And as you continue further, there is another curtain that separates the holy place from the most holy place. And behind that curtain is the Ark of the Covenant, which is a picture of the throne of God. That's where God's presence was manifested in the Old Testament. But before you get to that second veil, there's another small altar called the altar of incense. And you cannot enter into the most holy place without spending a few moments at the altar of incense. You're not going to find the presence of God until you've gone to the altar of incense. And filled that golden spoon. And said, God, I'm, I want it to be pleasant to you, pleasing to you. I'm approaching you, but I, I've, I've brought my spoonful. By the end of the chapter, the Lord tells Moses how exactly to make the incense. Would you look at it with me? Verse 34, Exodus 30, verse 34. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Take unto thee sweet spices. You know what we sang this morning? Sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer. He says, Take unto thee sweet spices. And then he lists off three things. Stacta, Annika, and Galbanum. Say, what are those things? I haven't the slightest clue. None of those words are English. Honestly, those are Hebrew words that were transliterated into English because there is no English equivalent. And as you would have it, this is the only place in the entire Bible those words are used. I have no other verse to compare it with. There's nothing like prayer. He says you need these three things. They're precious things. They're unique. They're not like the goats and the lambs and the bullocks. You can find those anywhere. It's not like the maize that's been ground. You can find that anywhere. This stuff is unique. But then there's one other thing you have to mix it with. Stacta, Annika, Galbanum, these sweet spices, verse 34, with pure frankincense of each shall there be a like weight. He says you, you need to take equal parts Stacked Annika Galbanum and frankincense. Frankincense is quite common in the Bible. You find that mentioned in many, many places. Incense. This incense was made up of four parts. I don't know if you guys will remember. Some of you may, maybe haven't made it this far with the discipleship lessons. Do you know how many parts there are to a full prayer life? Four parts. Worship. Confession thanksgiving requests 
Did you know one of these things is very common? When we pray, we have no problems at all making requests. God, here's my grocery list. Yes? But to find the other three things, it's very rare. It's very unique to see someone approach God and say, God, I don't need anything from you today. I just wanted to tell you how great you are. I just wanted to say that I'm sorry that I've offended you. And I want to thank you for being such a wonderful God to me. I'm not saying that you shouldn't make requests. Please don't feel bad about that. Do you see where it says a like weight, equal parts? But you can't leave out the stack to Anak and Galbanum. You, you have to have those three things as well. And they need to be mixed together perfectly. In verse number 35, thou shalt make it a perfume. You know why my wife wears perfume? To attract me. And only me. Amen. She chooses the perfume that I like. When we go to the store and she tests it, she, she doesn't ask the, the worker, do you like it? She asks me, honey, do you like it? She wants me to enjoy being around her. And when I smell that, it tells me she is attracting me. She wants me to come closer to her. She is absolutely drop-dead gorgeous <laughs> without perfume. <sighs> Back to preaching. But when she adds the perfume, it's my lucky day. That's her way of saying, honey, I've put this on to attract you so that you will enjoy being in my presence. When you bring the golden spoon full of incense, what you're saying is, God, I am your creation and because I received your son as my savior, I am your child. But I'm adding the golden spoon of incense. I'm, I'm adding this perfume because God, I want to be attractive to you. I, I am saying to you, God, please come closer. You know, some people, they pour on the perfume to try to cover up a horrible odor. Bless God, take a bath. The Bible says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Friend, do not think for a moment that you can live a wicked and defiled and dirty life and then spend five minutes in prayer and say, God, sorry for all that and then go on about your business you stink and we can smell through that nasty perfume that you tried to cover it up with and then I think we all know some Tani at some point that uses way way too much perfume Uums I guess they're not immune from this either there are some Uums that you way too much cologne you smell them before you see them Amen. You know they're coming and you can't see them yet. 
you say, Brother Mike, what is that a picture of? There are some people that pray simply to be noticed. And the only time they pray is when other people are watching. When we use the perfume, it's, it, you have to understand it's a very precious substance and it's meant for one particular purpose and that is to attract the one you love. Verse 35, thou shalt make it a perfume. A confection after the art of the apothecary. Tempered together, pure and holy. An apothecary is what we might call a chemist. It's somebody who knows how to mix spices together perfectly. A confection, I don't know if you're familiar with the word, but in the culinary arts, the word confection is something that you use when referring to sweet things. A confectionary is somebody who makes cakes and, and uh, sugary pies and things of that nature. A confection after the art of the apothecary. Do you see there that mixing this incense is referred to as an art? It's a skill. You have to work at it. In verse number 36, he says, And thou shalt beat some of it very small, and put of it before the te testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation where I will meet with thee. It shall be unto you most holy. In verse 36, he says, Beat some of it very small small do you know how much time it would take for the apothecary to perfectly balance the, all of these spices to get them mixed and mingled together and then beat them very small that's not an easy or a quick job that takes time do you understand now why I say one golden spoon of incense is not two minutes in the prayer closet you have to go in and take each part of your life and grind it down very small and pray over each bit of it and say, God, how can I be a better husband? God, how can I be a better boss, a better employee? God, how can I be a better father, a mother? God, what do you want me to do with my life? What about this? What about that? And pray over every single errand. Oh God, as I fold the laundry and do the dishes, please God, might you somehow show me how I can glorify you with this. Help me to have a godly attitude as I go about my mundane errands. And life will go on. You will continue to do the things that you must do. You'll fulfill your duties, but adding the incense takes it from good to godly. It makes it most holy. But it's going to take some effort to beat it very small to take that mortar and pestle and get it down finely ground in verse number 37 he says and as for the perfume which thou shalt make ye shall not make to yourselves according to the composition thereof it shall be unto thee holy for the Lord he says I don't want you guys using this incense on anything else this is meant just for me this is special. This is unique. If we could only take the passion that we have for our hobbies, if 
for our work, for our studies, for our friends, if we could only take that passion and somehow say, God, as, as impassioned as I am for those things, I want to give you the very best of my heart. I want to take my time and approach you and put on this perfume and make it special, unlike anything else in my life. Can you flip back to Numbers chapter 7, please? <clears throat> and come to the end of that chapter. Because I'm an extremely nice man, I will not read the whole chapter with you. I will only take you to the end of the matter. After all 12 princes had offered their offerings, they give a summary of how much all 12 offerings came up to. And then in verse 89, it says this, And when Moses was gone into the tabernacle of the congregation to speak with him, with God, then he heard the voice of one speaking unto him from off the mercy seat that was upon the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubims. And he spake unto him. I just want you to see that after all the offerings were given, God showed up. And God spake to Moses. I'm not saying that you should ignore <clears throat> the oxen, the sheep, the goats, <clears throat> sorry, the flour, the bread. You have to give all of that. But without the golden spoon of incense, what so many people would consider to be small and insignificant, without that, you wouldn't have had this conclusion of God showing up making himself real to Moses and speaking to him. Folks, if there's anything that I desire more, more than life itself is for God to show up and speak to me. Don't you want God to show up and talk to you? I've had so many people ask me, Brother Mike, how do you hear the voice of God? Get a golden spoon. Take your time. Master the art of the apothecary. Mix all the necessary parts to prayer. And then add some fervency. Add some heat. And let that be a pleasant aroma to God to attract Him. And you have the promise. You draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh to you. But you cannot draw nigh without your golden spoon. Let's all stand if you would please. Heads bowed and eyes closed. The music will begin to play in just a few moments. I'd like to ask you this morning actually I'd like to invite you this morning 
to come and get a spoonful of incense. You see, that incense was part of dedicating the altar. I believe this morning you can find some of that incense here at the altar. A preacher can put together a sermon, have three solid points, good illustrations, sing a song and read a poem. But if he hasn't prayed over it, at best it's a good sermon, but it's not a godly one. You can go to work. You can cook for your kids. You can spend time with your family. You can... You can be a good person as far as people go, but you'll never go godly until you get a golden spoon filled with incense. and wondered what heaven will smell like. I believe it will have the smell of this very unique blend of incense where the prayers of saints have come up before God let my prayer be before thee as incense several are praying give them their time would you folks please just continue in an attitude of prayer for a few more moments heads bowed and eyes closed if today you've come and you've never been saved then such a sermon might seem a little bit strange to you I haven't preached much today about how to be saved But in order for the golden spoon to mean anything, you first have to know Jesus Christ personally. And if that's never happened, please, I beg you, before you leave the building today, find one of us and let us tell you how you can be saved. Just another moment.
sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer. May I thy consolation share. and we rush through our day without the golden spoon. Determine in your heart this week, every day, to get a spoonful of that powerful, pungent, prayerful incense. Father, Lord, none of us have this thing of prayer figured out. You said that the Spirit helps our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. God, we come to you clumsy. We, we, we want to do better at it. Lord, help us this week to take time to beat, to beat the herbs very small to get the spices finely ground and perfume the throne room of God. Please, Father, please. Help us this week, Lord, to have our golden spoon each and every day. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for giving us an invitation to approach your throne anytime we need help. Thank you for making us accepted in the beloved. God, as we dismiss, please, Lord, please let these words sink deep into our hearts and change our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.